Got a special episode for you today for the Lockdown Reds podcast here, a Black Friday episode. We're going to call it the Quadcast. Jason Burke from Lockdown A's, Bryce Patrick from Lockdown Rangers, Ethan Smith from Lockdown Pirates, and myself talk about what went on this past season and what we can expect from our teams this offseason as most of our teams are in some sort of form of non-competition. That's coming up here on today's Locked On Reds podcast. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You have found the Lockdown Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Thank you so much for joining me today on today's show. We're going to look at a couple of teams that aren't really going for it. There's There's been a lot of talk about tanking in baseball, and we've got together some teams that are looking at teardowns, are looking at not competing at all, and and, and what that looks like from our perspective as podcasters and as fans of our uh, perspective teams. That's right here on the Lockdown Reds podcast. If you're not following us, make sure you are on your favorite podcasting app. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, for your hashtag first listen of the day, here's the quadcast. And the first voice that you will hear is Bryce Patrick from the Lockdown Rangers podcast. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers, Pittsburgh Pirates, Oakland A's, and Cincinnati Reds. This is a quad pod, the quadcast, if you will. I am joined by several special guests, the illustrious hosts of our Locked On Network. We have joining us from the West Coast, Jason Burke of Locked On A's. From the Central slash North-ish, um, we have Jeff Carr of Locked On Reds. And from the East, Southeast-ish, portion of this podcast we have ethan smith host of locked on pirates we have a lot of fun stuff to talk to you guys about and uh you know we're just gonna we're gonna start with uh jason burke this is a a thankful podcast we're talking about things we're thankful for and the week of thanksgiving there's been already a few signings and um you know i I actually want to get your thoughts on something that happened last friday that has some rangers ties and tangentially some oakland a's ties marcus simeon was tied to the texas rangers Mm -hmm. And uh, that was something that surprised me because he's 31 years old. The Rangers have said their competitive window is, uh, I don't know, in not next year, but the year after that. And this is open to any of you guys who have some thoughts about Marcus Simeon as well. But I'm curious, do you think that uh, the Rangers, that he would like think about going to the Rangers? And if that makes sense, they're also like still targeting the other shortstops in Corey Seager and Trevor Story. So... I think that he's a good fit because he's a great clubhouse guy. He obviously can stroke it with the bat pretty, pretty well, as we've seen in both 2019, 2020, throw it out the window because shortened season, what what are you doing with those numbers? And then 2021 with the Blue Jays, he was absolutely fantastic MVP finalist. So uh, he had a really, really good season there. Um, he's good in the clubhouse. I think that he would be a, a nice guy to have as you're trying to groom your next group of guys. Would he be a centerpiece for that group of guys? Probably not. I don't know that his his window matches up with the Rangers window. So that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But hey, if they're going to do it, you know, why not? Um, There are there's a worse franchise out there that he could sign with. And it's (laughs) in Texas, but it's not (laughs) the Rangers. So, uh, yeah, I'd be fine with that, I guess. 
Yeah, it, it's been a it's been a weird off season so far. And uh, Jeff Carr of Locked On Reds, our uh, channel manager, the uh, the most wonderful boss we've ever had. Um, other previous bosses don't listen to that, um, especially David Locke. Don't listen to that part. Um, but I'm curious, what has the off season been like for the Reds? I've seen um, random bits and scatterings that um, they're they're going full cheapskate. And uh, how are you feeling about that? It's very weird because to say that they're going to go full on in the tank is it's raising the antenna of Nick crawl. He constantly says that that's not happening, that they're not rebuilding, but he's also saying things like realigning payroll and budgetary stuff. And whenever someone asks him what the payroll looks like, he gives the old answer of, Oh yeah, not at Liberty to talk about that right now. So it's like, all right, well you made that the centerpiece of the conversation and then you took it away. So, yeah, there's going to be a whole lot of annoying stuff this offseason. There's already been a ton of rumors about teams being interested in Luis Castillo via trade, teams being interested in Sonny Gray via trade. Jason, shout out to that, too. Um, so when we look at all this stuff, Reds fans are a little bit concerned because we thought that the competitive window was opening and then last year they decided to trade away key members of the bullpen to save some cash then. Now they're looking to do some things to save some cash now. They trade away Tucker Barnhart for basically nothing. They literally waived Wade Miley for nothing, and he is now a Chicago Cub. So there's lots of things that are going on that have Reds fans shaking their head and wondering what on earth 2022 is going to hold. It's probably not going to be playoffs, but I don't know that it's going to be like a 90-loss season either. It's going to be one of those weird, mired in mediocrity things. Uh, that is definitely concerning. And I think all the teams here have had some concerns about you know <clears throat> their team not being willing to spend money. Um, we were talking before we hit record that uh, apparently my team is the most likely to actually spend some money this offseason. But literally at the trade deadline, they were like, uh, yeah, this Joey Gallo guy, uh, we're going to offer him this absolute joke of a contract <laughs> extension. Um, so much so to the point where Scott Boris's agent and him were like, uh, yeah, we're done. This is an insult of an offer. You're clearly not serious. Just trade us. And uh, Ethan, I, I know it, it's going to be um, some tough sledding for your team to pull out of the rebuild just like mine. Um, what have you seen from your team this offseason? They just signed Quintana. Um, how are you feeling about that and what, what their plans are for this offseason? I mean, well, last year they picked up Tyler Anderson, uh, so another left-handed pitcher, older pitcher, veteran pitcher, turned out to be pretty well. He got traded to Philadelphia, then didn't get traded to Philadelphia, got traded to Seattle. That thankfully worked. I think Quintana will be the same way. Um, of course, the 40-man roster decisions that happened over this past week have kind of been the biggest deal for the Pittsburgh Pirates, not protecting some guys, protecting some other guys. Uh, just to get an idea... Uh, the Pirates currently have nine middle infielders and eight outfielders on their 40-man roster. I said this on my podcast on Tuesday. This will not be that way. This will not This will not be that way by the time we get to March, um, if we even get to March, um, by the way, uh, with this impending lockout, which we, um, if you want I to think, show my, what's up? I thought you meant the earth was going to end before the March. The Garmageddon? Like that. That's a pretty, that's a, look, I know baseball has put yeah. you in a bad place, but like me too, but like, come on, man. I mean, I mean that's why yeah. we're all here. Um, <laughs> but I was also going to go ahead and show my age real quick to show you that um, there has not been a lockout and a work stoppage in baseball since I've been alive. Um, the last one Youth. was in 94, 95, I believe, um, if I read correctly. 
Um, but mm-hmm. for the Pirates, I mean, first of all, Brian Reynolds is going nowhere. You would have to trade your entire house and everything that you owned for him at this point. I mean, they asked for Julio freaking Rodriguez from the Seattle Mariners. Of course, the two AL West hosts probably know a lot more about him than I do. He's um, very good he's at baseball. Pr- yeah, he's probably going to be yes. torturing both of your franchises for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean... I'm happy that we at least have a very solidified player there. Of course, we have a fun Texas product in Key Brian Hayes. Shouts out to his father for being a follower of the podcast as well. Um, but, I mean, things are on the rise eventually. Ben Charrington said he's enjoying this rebuild. He has a good track record in Toronto and Boston of doing things correctly and winning a world series so i'm just basically patiently waiting to see what he does see if all this prospect retooling works and if it does maybe the reds will be the 90 lost team in the division and we won't plus you guys have a shortstop that's about nine foot two well yeah of course so neil cruz he's like a freaking mammoth he's six foot seven can't believe there's two players in all of baseball that were six foot seven in history that have ever played a position in other than pitcher and that is Aaron Judge and O'Neill Cruz well I mean I like watching O'Neill Cruz honestly how, he, he how looks tall, like fun how tall is Ronald Guzman listed I, I think he's actually six seven like I really do I stood next to him I think he's listed at like six five but there's no way that dude's just six five I said no, yeah he is listed at six five but there's a reason his nickname is the condor like his 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 wingspan is like literally Condor. Like I think Condors have like a twelve foot wingspan. That sounds about right for him. And you know he stands just so freaking tall. I just want to know um, what they feed people like that, man. Um, like what, food what are you spinach. like what are you and lots of it, <laughs> lots of food and yeah, probably spinach. Um, even though Popeye wasn't that tall, maybe maybe it's yeah. for like the bulk. Spinach is for the bulk allegedly. Okay. Um, but like you eat too much of it, then you get short like Popeye. And you get, like, the wonky eye. I don't know what happened to him. But, like, a spinach can't fit. There's a lot of things that Popeye needed. Baseball um, offseason talk. Yeah, he needed a leg day is what he needed. He really did need a leg day and, like, uh, a whole lot of other things. Um, but we're going to tell you all, all kinds of great stuff that you need right after this. You need to go to Built.com right now and get yourself some Built Bar. They've got amazing deals all Black Friday long, and you can restock up on the best-tasting protein bar on the market. They've got all the health stats, whether you're talking about 180 calories or less, up to 18 grams of protein in some bars, or less than 4 grams of sugar. We're talking about the kind of health stats that fit into terrible-tasting things, but this is amazing because Built Bar is made with 100% real chocolate. And they've got amazing flavors like Cherry Barcia. You can get yourself some Coconut Built Bar. And they've got all kinds of great limited flavors during their Black Friday sale. Check them out today at Built.com and see what kind of deals they've got going on so that you can restock up on the best tasting protein bar on the market. That's Built.com and go get yourself some Built Bar today. I want to pitch a question around, around the horn um, they may be less fun for, I, I, it actually might not be fun for any of us because we're all <laughs> having very low expectations of our franchise and they're spending money. Um, but maybe I can make it instead of a free agent question like I, I was originally planning. Just what what is one thing you would be thankful for your team to do um, this offseason? Just, just anything, like a, trading a, a guy for some prospects or, I don't know, writing you a uh, apology note for their <laughs> feelings that they've hurt for you this offseason. I don't know. Let, let's start with, with you, Ethan Smith, because the, um, there's a lot that, you know, you, you potentially could be thankful for or could ask of your team. 
Um, first of all, just improve on 2021. Show that you're going to take a steady incline instead of a steady, like, stay right here for three years. Because no team, and like, I'm sure it's happened, but, like, it very rarely happens that you see a team lose 100 games and then go to win 90. So I want to kind of see that steady, like, increase in wins. Like, go from what we had this year to maybe 65 or 70 in 2022. Still mediocrity, but you're still at least showing that you're making an increase. Then in 2023, I think, which a lot of people in Pittsburgh have po- like pointed as, is that's the year. I'm like, hold your horses. Maybe not. Like We're not going to go from 65 wins to 95 wins just like the snap of a finger. This isn't 2012 to 2013. Um, but either way... Um, realistically, what I'd be thankful for, I mean, as I mentioned before we started today, Seiya Suzuki, the big Japanese outfielding free agent, the Pirates are reportedly interested in him. I'd love to see them go make a splash at him. I mean, you've seen already they have Yoshi Tsutsugo. Jung Ho Gong was a big player in Pittsburgh. I'm sure Jeff remembers Jung Ho Gong a lot from watching him play against his team in the Reds. He was a very fun player to watch. So, I mean, the Pirates have a history with those Japanese players coming over from the NPL. Phenomenal guys. Gotta love them. Um, but also just add a little bit more veteran pitching, bulk up the bullpen a little bit so you're not killing your bullpen by February. Er, February. If you're killing your bullpen by February, <laughs> you're really making a problem. Um, but it, not by, like, June or July. Uh, just make sure, like, you're basically bringing in some veteran guys that could teach these young guys how to do things, uh, progress for Wednesday Contreras and O'Neill Cruz, and just keep this thing rolling so I can eventually be happy to be a Pirates fan. Yeah, uh, one thing on your point of teams going from 100 losses to anything good, um, I don't think any team has gone to a winning season after a 100-loss season, except for the Minnesota Twins. They lost 103 games in 2016, then won 85 the next year in 2017. And they did win 100 games um, in 2019, so 100, basically 100-point whatever. And where are they now? Turnaround. Uh, yeah, uh, confused. They are lost and confused. Sorry, Nash Walker. <laughs> <laughs> it's, he's got Byron Buxton to watch every day. Like I, I'd, yeah. I'd kill cool. for a bad team with someone like Byron Buxton to watch every day. And uh, I was going to say they have Ho- Jose Brios, but <laughs> yeah. Ooh, not, yeah, that's not right. since Oops. too soon. Not since the <laughs> not since the accident. Um, Jeff, what do you? What would you be thankful for the Cincinnati Reds to do this off season? So far as front office goes, um, resign Nick Castellanos. No, I'm just kidding. That's probably not going to happen. Um, I'd probably say commit to Hunter Green and Nick Ladello, like for opening day. And partially that has to do with the work that's going to get done on the CBA. I know that that is something that the Players Association has said that they want to push through. Whatever the details look like, the idea that service time manipulation is no longer a viable option for especially small market teams. Big market teams have taken advantage of it too, but... It's something that is annoying. Teams leave their best prospects, best players in AAA for a month or two months or whatever the number is so that they can get that Super 2 status or or avoid it or something. I don't know. I understand it when I read it, but if I haven't read it within like the last week, I, I don't. <laughs> that's like some kind of calculus I don't I don't understand. But I also want to see him play in Cincinnati. He has had the fastest fastball over the – last calendar year 
in all of baseball. He hit 105, I think, on the radar gun. I know he hit 104 a couple of Wait, times. Wait, Nick Lodolo? No, no, not Nick Lodolo. Hunter Green. Hunter Green. Oh. Um, I was about to say, I'm like, I, I saw him in college, and like he was a tall, lanky dude, but like he wasn't hitting 105. <laughs> no. like, like, he must have put on some weight. What a big boy. No, I will say now, Nick Lodolo looks like a polished guy with a pretty high floor, at least to start with. So I'm excited to watch him as well. Got the chance to watch him up at our... Uh, well, they were low A, now they're high A, Dayton Dragons. Um, but he was fun to watch. But Hunter Green also has an amazing slider, and he's been working on a changeup, so he's kind of a three-pitch guy, maybe two and a half right now. So he could do something for the Reds if they're not going to go out and get another starter to replace Wade Miley. And then on the outfield side of the equation, just replace Nick Castellanos. You don't have to resign him. I get it. He's going to sign for blah, 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 money outside the range of the Reds. But there are guys out there that they could go sign. And while I don't agree that there is a player that is too expensive for any one Major League Baseball franchise, that's what they're trying to tell us. And if they're going to impose these rules on them, we as fans have to understand how they can somehow work within those rules. So, yeah, I, I would be very thankful for them to commit to the guys that are already in their system. There's just a couple of things that need to happen for that to work. Losing the meme ability of Nick Castellanos has <laughs> got to be devastating. Like I, I have said on this program, and I will say again, signing Nick Castellanos just for the memes alone, like – is absolutely worth it, especially on a team that like sucks. It's like you gotta have something that like brings you joy. <laughs> For me, it was like basically just a double Garcia towards the back half of this year. Right. But if I had Nick Castellanos hitting bombs, and I got to say there's a drive by Nick Castellanos deep to right field every time he did, I would bring a smile to my face, and I wouldn't be as miserable watching the Rangers lose a lot of games next year. Well, and, um, and he's meant a lot to the fan base too. And, and there was the uh, really cool thing where his son made a T-shirt, and since he's shirts like the biggest T-shirt proprietor here in Cincinnati really bought into it and sold it. And there was a whole bunch of Reds fans that bought it rose a bunch of money rose raised rose. Yes. Something money like that. was had and gotten for foundations. <laughs> it was awesome. Nick Castellanos is awesome. I'd love to see him back, but yeah, I understand the reality of it all. Just remember guys, this is a baseball podcast, not in English and um, you know, a bunch of other stuff. Podcasts. We lacks the baseballs. Yeah, we likes the baseballs. We we do good at words occasionally. <laughs> Mama said hit the ball to left field. English is a language. <laughs> Jason, what English words do you want to use to describe things that would make you thankful um, of the A's doing this winter? I would actually like to start off uh, my time here by offering Jeff Carr, our, our boss and, uh, you know, overlord, um, the services of Stephen Piscotty, if he would like them, there's an outfielder for you. The A's don't necessarily need him anymore. He's a little bit injury prone. It's fine. I won't tell you about that. I, I whispered that. Um, they like but would you like of- him? <laughs> yeah. See, there you go. He's making like seven and a half million dollars. That's within your pay range. And that might mean that the A's could keep somebody. That'd be great. Um, but the things that I would be thankful for if it came to fruition this offseason, uh, off the field, uh, Howard Terminal. That is where the A's are hoping to build in Oakland and uh, not not in Vegas. So that I want them to make a lot of headway towards building a ballpark in Oakland. That is a number one. I don't care what they do on the field. I want them to stay in Oakland. That is 
my big thing that would uh, make me very, very happy and very, very thankful to be an A's fan because I have poured a lot of energy into this stupid team and I'd really <laughs> like for it to pay off by them staying and me not having to question uh, whether or not I'm still an A's fan. So <laughs> please stay. Um, on the field, though, uh, I want them to, if they're going to trade guys, I understand. that That's part of the cycle. I get it. I've been an A's fan for a long time. I understand that they are at that point in the cycle right now. They got guys like Bassett and Manaya who have one year of control left of the upcoming season. So it makes sense for the A's to try and replenish their farm system and, uh, you know, kind of hit reset on some guys. Uh, they also got Frankie Montas and Matt Olson who have two years of control left who have their value is the highest that it's ever been. And so it makes a lot of sense to trade them as well. So if that is what happens, which I'm kind of expecting it to, but maybe not until we see the CBA where uh, a team like the Dodgers uh, could maybe jump in on a Matt Olson because they now have a DH spot and they could put, you know, Max Muncie over at DH and have a gold glover in Matt Olson play first base instead. Um, maybe that's an option or, you know, you, you open it up to 29 other teams as opposed to 14 and a thing that that could help them get a better return. But uh, if that is what they end up doing this offseason, I want them to keep going out and getting interesting people. I want guys that have fastballs. I want guys that are interesting on the mound and just offensively as well. Give me people that are interesting content. Basically, it's a content thing. And also uh, kind of a hoping for the best thing. Uh, they, they went out and traded for Brent Honeywell because the Rays had too many good players. And they were like, yeah, we don't need this guy who was the number 12 ranked prospect as as recently as 2018, we don't need him anymore. He's fine. He, he gets injured too much, uh, even though he was healthy in 2021. Um, keep doing interesting things. That's that's what I want, uh, mostly with players, but also just in general, I guess. Uh, stay in Oakland. Be interesting. That's that's my list. Yeah, those are some great things to be thankful for. You know what we're thankful for? Our sponsors. So let's tell you about them coming up right after this. There's more of the quadcast coming up for you, but before we talk about that, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Black Friday built is going all out to make this Black Friday weekend the most delicious Black Friday that ever was in the history of Black Friday's new limited time flavors, new types of bars, and a winter wonderland of a deal. You want high-end deliciousness at a discount? All through Black Friday weekend, get at least 20% off anything and everything at built.com. Just enter the promo code LOCKED20. There's a new flavor, Ruby Chocolate Puffs. It's a marshmallowy goodness covered in a unique chocolate, Ruby Chocolate. This has never been done with a Built Bar before. There's dark chocolate, there's white chocolate, and now... Ruby Chocolate joins the Built Bar Club. Ruby Chocolate has a beautiful rose color, perfect for the holidays, but it's an actual type of chocolate that has a berry taste to it. It's unique and delicious. There's also lemon-dipped cheesecake puffs. I mean, you had me at lemon-dipped, but then you put cheesecake in there. Holy cow. If you love lemon cheesecake, you'll love lemon-dipped cheesecake puffs. That tangy taste of lemon, sweet cheesecake, and a marshmallowy puff all covered in chocolate. Go to Built.com today for the Black Friday sale. They've got all kinds of great stuff. There's no need to fight any angry crowds. No camping out for hours. Your best Black Friday deals are at Built.com. Tis the season to save and to give your taste buds the gift of Built Bar. 20% off Built Bars and 
two free Crave bars, all at Built.com. Plus, you get 60% off Built Broth and Built Boost and 40% off Built Swag. Just enter Locked20 at Built.com. And we are back with the quad squad, um, the the gang of uh, four, the four musketeers. I, I can't the 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 Beatles. We're not quite there, Ooh. but you know, some some other gang of of four people talking off season, talking uh, lock. Uh, we haven't talked locked out yet, but we di- we did before. Uh, we are locked on. We are not locked out just yet, and we've got about a couple of weeks um, before we get there. And um, I'm curious, how much of y'all read up on, on what's happening with the? I haven't quite gotten there yet because I'm like I'm just trying to pretend. I'm treating it like I treated the uh, the Joey Gallo trade, just deep, deep denial and then extreme despair when it happens, <laughs> and uh, get, be completely blindsided by it, both physically and emotionally. Um, so I'm curious, what are y'all's thoughts on what's going to happen with the CBA? Obviously, we all think that uh, the DH is probably coming um, to um, the the bottom two hosts teams finally. Um, but I'm curious, what are y'all thinking is going to happen with this lockout? What are things that you're worried about? Or, um, I don't know. I have no other way to phrase this question that I've been talking for 30 seconds about. Uh, I'll go first. Mostly, I am I am uh, <laughs> planning on it happening. Uh, and then whatever happens, I will learn about when it happens. Uh, I know that there is a lot of discussion on what could happen, but I'm not going to waste my energy on learning what could happen. I'm going to focus on what does happen and try to understand that and reiterate that to our you know my listeners all of our listeners uh, as best i can when it does happen and keep up to date like uh with the rumblings that happen as they are coming out during the discussions presumably during the lockout that is i'm assuming going to happen um and do that's do due diligence then but you know i'm not putting a lot of stock into I'm assuming we're getting the DH. I'm assuming that they're going to do something about, you know, in time and all that stuff and some of these things. But uh, I'm hoping for a more competitive playing field. I'm hoping for a salary floor if it doesn't mean a salary, you know, a salary cap kind of thing. Uh, I'm hoping for some good things, but am I necessarily banking on them? Not yet. Uh, what, what do you guys think? Um, so you were saying that you're focused more on what's going to happen when it happens. I have looked into this stuff a lot just because it is kind of, I, I feel for some reason it's going to affect the pirates a lot. Can I interest you in war based arbitration? You may not, you cannot, you cannot interest me in that. <laughs> that is something that, that will be talked about. Mm-hmm. Kevin it Gorman is. has already talked about it. It is something that will be brought up. I don't know how it will be instituted, but it will be brought up. Meaning Wander Franco and the Rays have fun whenever his war is well above whatever that limit is supposed to be. Um, they might as well just cut him now, honestly. Yeah, at, at that point, yeah. Good players for the Rays. Um, but the things that I've heard from people that are on my podcast and also are kind of deep into this stuff is there is a possibility of an expanded playoff with mm-hmm. one each team, uh, one team each in each conference. Now, some people, well, each league, I'm thinking of like all kinds of different stuff. Conference league, all same thing. Um, but some people are like one team that doesn't change a lot. I said, do you really want me to get into the idea of how much one extra team in the playoff means a lot? That means the Toronto Blue Jays would have been in the playoffs, and I picked them to win the World Series if they would have gotten to the playoffs. That also means Jeff Cincinnati Reds would have been maybe about two to two and a half games out of the playoffs rather than being out of it by the second to last series of the season. That's a big thing. 
Je or, um, Jason already brought up the salary floor idea. What does that do? That brings up the competitiveness factor where you can say, okay, teams, you're going to have all these teams spending money on top of the fact that you're now incentivizing them to push for the playoffs because you have an extra team there. And it's an easy fix because all you have to do is go back to the old NFL model. You'd have six teams in each conference. You get the top two division winners a bye. The other two teams play in a three best of three series. You eliminate the wild card completely. These are things that I've said could happen, but it's also things that have also been incentivized and talked about to further incentivize competitive ability. Because I'll ask this as a question. How many teams right now in baseball do you legitimately feel like are competing for a playoff spot? There's 30 teams. How many do you legitimately think, as of the time of recording, are legitimately trying to compete? I'd say about 10. And is that good for baseball? No. No. No, it's and not. Because it, you look at the NFL, obviously the NFL and Major League Baseball, two completely different tiers, but the Giants, who just lost Monday Night Football the other day, are like three games out of the playoffs, and they're 3-8. and eight. Parody, baby. It's so bad. <laughs> I mean, you really you really look at, like, and even the NBA uh, lately, ever since the Warriors dynasty ended, shouts out to Jason out there in Oakland, ever since that ended, I mean, basketball, parody league. The NHL, parody league. And then I love that MLB, by the way, and I think me and Jeff talked about this once as I kind of started rambling about a lot of this stuff. They love to speak on this parody idea that they haven't had a repeat champion in, like, 20-something years. And I'm like, I get it, right? Nobody's repeated, but look at the actual matchups that have happened in the ALS and the NLS over that time, and it's been around the same teams. The Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Braves, ironically, and then you get the mixes of like the Royals and the Rangers even not too long ago as well that were there also. And it's it's pretty much just not a parody league but with the incentive like it with the incentive of an extra playoff team and a salary floor as Jason mentioned it could incentivize a lot more teams to compete you know i like that idea of uh with the the top seed in in like the AL and the NL would they get a two round buy is if my is my math right on that or am i bad at math no, so I, I know i'm way, bad at math so but like only... i would like i would like for the top the top seed to get like a two round like a significant buy so I think baseball more than any other sport, like it is so the the playoffs are so random. They're so random, and like so often the best team doesn't. I feel like don't doesn't get like the biggest like as big an advantage as they should for being the best in 162 games. Like the Giants and the Dodgers having to play each other in the the NLDS was was stupid, and that's like really frustrating. But I also think expanding the playoffs to where they were in 2020, while that was fun and I love having more baseball, it felt like it really de-incentivized the, uh, the teams who did the best over the course of the regular season. Well, My in question, I guess, would be with the bye in baseball, do you want the bye? Because all that time off, it, it's, it's a routine sport, you know? And so some teams will thrive with the bye. Some teams will be utterly gutted by the bye. So it, it's a weird thing with this sport in particular. You're not just getting healthy and game planning for one game or one series. It's it's a really weird sport. So I can see it going either way, and I'm very intrigued to see how, if it does get implemented, how it actually plays out. Well, and if you think about it, too, the one thing with the incentivization of you mentioned of, like, winning your division. So, like, the first two, the top two division winners. So, in for instance, this year, 
it would have been the Dodgers and the Brewers would have like got the Giants? that theoretical. Or, well, the Giants and the Brewers, yeah, would have got the theoretical buy. So then there would have been three games. Normally you see the three-game series played for most of the year. You get the four games and the two games every once in a while. So that those top two teams would only be off for, I'd say, maybe at max four days. Because what you would do is, I think, the, to incentivize it is the top, like the division winner, the lowest division winner, and the top wild card in this instance, the Dodgers, would get all three games at home. Now I'm making up my kind of my own thing, but it would limit the travel time. You do all that stuff, and it would also limit the amount of time that, that other team is off. So I think that that would do a lot. It's it's something that would take a lot of complex thinking, but I mean, the idea of expanding the playoffs and giving more teams an opportunity because I mean we've seen it across baseball, and even the Reds over the last couple of years have kind of been a good example, and the A's even in some examples as well have been good examples of teams that are right there but then they see that the playoffs is so crunched together with all these teams that do they really have a shot of getting there and then they just kind of I don't want to say give up on it but what's the point of pushing for it if it's such a limited sample size it's worth thinking about and there's a lot of different details and stuff that we'll be able to flesh out as they as they get reported and things that they are negotiating on in specifics what what interests me is the, just the range of ideas and the range of prospects when you're looking at this lockout i've heard all year long the spectrum of oh it's going to be terrible they're going to delay the season we won't be seeing baseball till may and i heard some people being like i don't even know there's going to be a lockout maybe there's a lockout for like a week and they'll be done and then in january we'll be right back to normal we'll be talking about transactions and things like that and today i heard that ethan was saying about armageddon so when I when I look at this, <laughs> you never know. I, you never know. I mean, I just don't. I I don't know what to expect, and I think that the thing that's going to make this just all the more interesting is you've got clubs like ours who aren't the big money machines that can't afford a lockout. There is no. I mean, you can't afford a long lockout that delays the season. If you're talking about an A's side that is kind of taking a step back, you're talking about a Reds team that's taking a step back, you're talking about a Pirates team that is back, is is back in return. Oh, the Pirates are back, baby. Forward. The Pirates are back. There's forward teams Shuffle and not The Pirates back. are back. I need to clip Shuffle that the out. The Pirates are back. All right. The Pirates are back. I just, what do you Have do? Have they been like for every show? It, can you take a step <laughs> that's back? How I'm gonna, that's going to be my intro. That's going to be my intro from now on. It's going to be the Pirates are back. And welcome to the Locked on Pirates Jeff podcast. Jeff taking it back. Yes. One of the backs. No, I but I get know. you. I, I get you. I get what you were saying. But yeah. So you got, and, and the rain. Rangers that, you know, they're hopefully going to be aggressive, but do you buy that? And then how does that work out going into opening day? All of our teams haven't necessarily been in the position to just completely sell out all of their home games. So small market hey, ownership. Uh, the Rangers were actually first in, in AL attendance well, this year. Uh, don't, well, don't, look why, don't, don't look at why. Don't look at why. <laughs> that helped. I was just saying. Do you want to get forget, into opening I did, day? I did forget about that. Um Oh my but gosh! Yeah. I, I I look at that stat on the baseball reference page and I'm like, oh, 
Yeah, that happened. <laughs> that was a thing. And they're and they're going to brag about it for years. They're like, oh, everyone will forget why. No, we won't forget. We know why. Never forget. We all know why. But yeah, so it's, <laughs> you've got the small market teams like that, and then you've got the players who are just ready to fight because they've been acquiescing to different owners' demands over the last decade. So it, there are so many things about this, and there's going to be so much content. I know that we're all going to be covering this whenever it happens. It's I, I really wanted there to be more than just the Reds giving up players before this happens, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. There's a lot of... Uh, you know things that are happening up but one thing that i am glad that it seems to be happening already and we've already seen some of the fruits of that um of this actually happening is the players association actually fighting for minor leaguers as opposed to just throwing them under the bus every single time as the all right well what are you going to give up well we're gonna you can just like i don't know feed a minor leaguer to a, a rancor <laughs> once a week um if you feel like it um do these guys deserve an actual living weight no no they're uh uh, you know, Surfs. artisans. Yes. <laughs> they are. They are. Uh, you know, these. It would be so noble of them to like not get money and all this like other nonsense that they keep using. I'm glad they're finally sticking up. Like it's like it's about dang time. Like it's really past time, and I'm I'm glad that we're already st- starting to see the fruits of that. If we get like a small lockout, like it, it doesn't delay the actual season, then I think that's absolutely worth it because it is beyond time these minor leagues to start being looked out for as opposed to thrown under the bus at the very first chance that they get. Let's all make a prediction on when we think the lockout, if it does happen, will end. Does that sound like fun? It's not something that we discussed, but hey, why not? Why not put it on, on audio? (laughs) I I like, I like that. Um, When is it? Is it, is it December 7th? December December 1st is when it ends and well is like when it ends so December 2nd is the theoretical start date Mm -hmm. okay um I'm gonna go oh January 11th I think Uh is when it ends I feel pretty good about that good pick good pick in classic baseball fashion Christmas oh what a gift. They don't December know how 25th. to do PR. No. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know how to do good things. Make us wait, happy. wait, what was it? Uh, what was their big PR thing where it was like, Crypto. was it the, um, um, well that, but was, um, it was during like some other really big sport. I think it was like, it was either the Super Bowl or like one of the finals yeah. or something that they released something. I can't remember what it was, but it was like the, like the, the MVP really, or something like yeah, that. It was yeah. like really huge news during like, su- it was like during one of the biggest sports events of the year. And I was like, you guys couldn't have did this like the like next tomorrow? day. Yeah. yeah. Just wait, People just, just release it at noon. Like, no, come on. I'm a Jeff. What do you I'm got? I'm gonna throw a Pennsylvania bone. I'm gonna say Punxsutawney Phil's looking at a shadow at the same time that the lockout ends. So February second. Okay. Oh wow! Wow. Man, we really got all all possibilities here. December seventeenth, Spider Man No Way Home. (laughs) (laughs) I am going. uh, I'm gonna go January seventh. Right, right in the middle there. I think that it's gonna be about a month, and then. Let's get back to business and not miss any season. So I guess that we're all saying we're not expecting the season to be delayed mm-hmm. is kind of where we're going. Maybe with Jeff's, but probably not. I'm more just hoping that the season doesn't get delayed because, like, I don't know about y'all, but I, I, I can't do a whole nother, like, month of of, <laughs> of no baseball pocket. Like, it's going to be, like, I mean, we did the offseason is one thing. Like And, like, and, uh, I feel like it doesn't even really feel like a lockout if it's, these months where nothing's usually ever happening anyway. 
like obviously we're not going to get like much of a GM meetings and I'm not sure that there are the uh, winter meetings. Like we already had the, the GM meetings, but um, the winter meetings were supposed to be the eighth through the 12th in Orlando. So probably I not. I don't think that's happening. I've already talked to some people who are work for a big media outlet that, that, that are not sending anybody, not even a skeleton crew. Even if the lockout gets postponed last minute, they're just like, Nope, this is not happening. We already know. So, um, yeah, I don't. I think it'll be at least more than a week. <laughs> and it's interesting because every year the Reds have a thing. The first weekend of December they have called Reds Fest, where all the fans get together and they get the chance to meet players and get autographs and get pictures and do all kinds of great different stuff. It was canceled like back in March. It was supposed to be probably not this coming weekend, but the following weekend. And it got canceled back in March. And everybody was just like, oh, COVID. Oh, it killed another thing. It wasn't COVID. They knew that there was going to be a lockout back then. So No, 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 Jeff. They were thinking of something else, okay? They They're thinking? thinking of those Cincinnati Bearcats playing for the American <laughs> yeah, Championship, American <laughs> Athletic Conference Championship. It's going to be awesome. That day. Oh, go Bearcats. Oh, good, good, good for them. And go dogs for Bryce too. See you in two uh, weeks, buddy. Oh god, I don't want to see. I don't want to see you in two weeks. I, I, did, I just watched Alabama win with my family. I'm one for two on uh, Alabama football games, and uh, I guess when my parents come, they're the good luck charm. Which, you know, if I had to drive nine hours with them again, I, I think I'd rather just watch us lose. <laughs> uh, just kidding, mom. If you're listening, when shout you listen out to, to the this. powders. Oh gosh, I forgot that she listened to every podcast, and so it's hard. Shout out to Becky. Yeah, shout out to my mother and father, Rich and Becky. Um, but uh, I don't. Know, I feel like that feels like a natural place. And do y'all have any any questions about the rain? You, if you don't, like, please no. just say no. Is just keep me from talking about this team that's made me so sad and angry. Are you still um, signing Clayton Kershaw? You know, I I am a hundred percent confident that it's either Texas or the Dodgers, and I think it really feels fifty fifty, which is. It's giving myself too much hope. It feels kind of scary to say, um, but I I know how much Dallas means to him. Not that we're like best friends. I mean, I have seen him in person several times, so we are basically best friends. Um, <laughs> and he went to my mom's high school, so also once again best friends. But yeah. you know, I I know that he like he lives in Dallas in the off season. Like he still goes to church where the church where he got married in. And um, it mean it would mean a lot for him because that's where his family lives during the regular season and where he lives during the off season. So um, for him to be able to um, go drop his his daughter off at school and then go pitch the game that night. Actually, Chris Woodward was on MLB Network talking about how um, bragging about how he and, and Clayton are good friends, and he he said um, as much that yeah he would he knows that Clayton would like to be close to home, but also there's definitely still some ties to the Dodgers and he did confirm the Rangers have been in contact with him which like we all knew like obviously we knew that they were going to at least be in contact with him whether it's just like shooting him an email like hey um you come home please <laughs> Rangers question mark please um <laughs> they sent him a Chris snapchat Woodward, your best friend Th- that is literally <laughs> that is up? literally the that is literally the definition of the you up text that's literally <laughs> yeah. what it is look at all these former Dodgers you mean come hang out with DJ Peters come hang out with um with Chris Woodward and I we were the same we're the same color scheme. You won a championship here. Come win another one in like ten right. years.
That's going to do it for us here on today's Lockdown Reds podcast. Thank you so much for listening and for watching on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you're following on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe on YouTube. That way you don't miss anything that I've got for you this offseason. Coming up on Monday, we're going to look at some players who may be non-tendered. Major League Baseball moved up the non-tender deadline which was originally on December the 2nd, but with the CBA expiring on December 1st and nobody expecting any deal to be done, they had to move that up so that players who could be in limbo will not be in limbo. They will know if they're a free agent or if they will be with their team in 2022. That's coming up on Monday's Locked On Reds. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Now go check out Locked On Bets yourself some cash at betonline.ag thanks to your boy q and lee sterling for hosting on locked on bets just like locked on reds free and available wherever you get your podcast it's the off season but we're locked on reds every single day